Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders. We're entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. This week, we'll find out if Adam feels about New Year's Eve like he does about Christmas. But before that, a lot of stuff to get into with Derek Carr here, a lot of angles to go at this with. Um, First, let me ask you, and I don't think either of us were, we had heard rumors about it. Uh, uh, We had written stories in the paper about it. Vinny Bonsignore had written a story. Um, You were there every day surprised your surprised level at um them uh replacing Derek Carr essentially benching him and kind of having a um separation from him these last two weeks of the season um, my guess is you weren't surprised very much at this um no I, I don't think it was the most surprising thing that you're going to see I mean I think the writing has been on the wall and I, I, certainly the writing has been on the wall that the Raiders were ready to move on from him now you know, whether that was going to be during the season or after the season, I think that was uh, what was largely up for debate. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the decision had been made a while ago in my mind, and they were just kind of waiting until they were out of the mix for a playoff spot. And they're not yet. There's still that 0.9% chance that they make it. But for all intents and purposes, it's over. And I think the decision had been made. So why, why risk it? Why go to the end of the season? And the worst thing that can happen in terms of the future is to have the decision made for them by him getting hurt. Right. right now we have plenty of options. Could they repair the relationship? I doubt it, but you can, you can either trade him or cut him and get out of this contract. Uh, But if he were to get hurt, you'd be stuck with that contract. And so, you know, it's, I think it's more than a business decision. I think it's more than about the contract, but, at this point, you don't want the decision to be made for you because he got hurt and you got backed into a corner. So right. There's really no reason to play. No, there was no reason to play him. I thought the decision made a lot of sense. Um, let, let me ask you this, because we were in the locker room the day it happened. Uh, Darren Waller spoke, Hunter Renfro spoke, Devontae Adams spoke, and then had a few things to say on Instagram afterwards. Josh Jacobs spoke. What was... Your sense, I think with Devontae Adams, uh, we were not surprised at his reaction. This is his good friend. This is who one of the reasons he came to the Raiders to play for Devontae Adams. But I thought it interesting. Some other guys really went quickly to um, it's a business. Um, Jared Stidham, the backup, will now be the starter for the next two games. They have to support him. What sense did you get from most of these guys about their real feelings about Carr or, or what the decision was, because to me, they, they, you know, went to, it's a business and Jared Stidham's the guy now, and we're going to have to uh, support him. And Matt Collins did as well. Yeah, I I think it's, you know, I think that there's a lot of different um, thoughts for sure. And when you look at, you know, Devante, that's the one I think everybody's most interested in. And uh, it's his close friend. And, and however he feels about him professionally, and I think it is up for debate at this point, how he feels about him professionally. Personally, they are, you know, they're brothers, their families know each other, their families are together, they they hang out, you know, not, not only on the football field and in the locker room, but uh, their families are together, they go on vacation together, like they're, they're that tied in. And that's going to last their lifetime. That's not 
ending because this work relationship is potentially ending. So um, he he's going to, and I'm not saying it's not heartfelt. I think it's very heartfelt uh, that the way that he spoke about him. Uh, but he he's going to protect that relationship anyway. Like there's nothing, he, he's not going to say anything that would jeopardize, you know, how he and Derek Carr uh, feel about each other. So, so that was going to happen. And the rest of the guys, I think there was, you know, I know, I know a lot of people were kind of reading into the way some of the people were uh, talking in the locker room and there was a lot made about, you know, Darren Waller didn't seem too overly upset about the, about the move. He really, he really didn't, by the way. And I don't look, maybe that's just him having to respond in the moment to questions and not thinking about it and, you know, just kind of responding off the top of his head. But he, he didn't give me the feeling that he was overly upset about this. Now, again, we're reading into it. Maybe that's unfair because guys answer questions, you know, differently. But I don't know what you thought. I thought, well, you know, he kind of gave the inference that, okay, we're moving on to Jared Stidham. Well, two things. I mean, first, uh, I have talked to Darren extensively about – um, his emotions and his reactions and that sort of thing. And he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like to get too overly emotional about anything um, because, you know, it's part of his, uh, you know, part of his mental health and part of his uh, recovery process is not, you know, letting these things dominate you and take over your life. And so there is part of it is emotional separation. Absolutely. That's part of it. Um but the other part of this is like, let's, let's just put it on the table. Like Derek Carr trashed him during the season. And, you know, I know that there was, you know, some separation from that. And Derek Carr said it wasn't one individual person, but you know, when Darren Waller you know, spoke about that and, and you know, I asked him those questions about it, he seemed pretty convinced Derek Carr was speaking about him and you know, how, how much did that affect their relationship? I think pr- probably it had some impact. And, and if somebody does that, are you going to be overly emotional and sad when they're, you know, when they lose their job? Probably not. I, and again, I don't, I don't know how much of it is his, you know, trying to separate that emotion from it and how much is, you know, Hey, you, you talked about me and this is what you deserve. I don't know. I don't know where that line is, but um, I, I think for me personally, it'd be tough if I thought somebody was talking about me in that way to, you know, to real really show compassion for their situation. Yeah, I agree with you. I um, and you've talked to him a lot. It just it, and even with Josh Jacobs, he gave me the impression when he said, "Well, we found about it this morning. It's a business, and now we move on." Uh, Hunter Renfro, I think, did say some things where he was surprised at it. He hopes to play with him again. That was kind of that was kind of a, a weird way of saying it because I don't think he's going to play with him again with the Raiders. Yeah. So maybe he was talking about down the line somewhere else. Um, well, right, so, is, look, Hunter, Hunter, and, and Derek are very, very close, and we know that. Close as well, um, and there's other people on the team that also, you know, are, are very close. So, um, yeah, I think I think you see, and that's in any workplace. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this to come across like it's some sort of, hey, Derek Carr had you know certain people he was close to and certain people he wasn't. Everybody has that in their workplace. Like locker rooms are not unique places. Um, they are in terms of you know maybe the income level and, and the, the bonding that you get from, you know, blood, sweat and tears on the field and, and that sort of thing. But it's still a workplace, right? There's still people that don't like each other. There's still clicks. There's still all those things. So um, you have to understand that if you're, if you're not in there every day and uh, that's how it works. Like there's guys that you never see associating with each other. There's guys, if you ask, you know, a player about a certain player on the team, they might be like, I don't really know, him, which is just, it's just honest. It's true. Like you don't hang out with every single guy in your team. So you're going to see those different reactions. And, you know, in terms of Josh Jacobs, like was Josh Jacobs, the frustration that he expressed in Pittsburgh, was that directed at a car? Maybe, 
Um, so, so, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to read. It's what, you know, I've done so many interviews this week uh, around the country and people just keep asking like, what's the mood in the locker room? And I'm like, it's, it's different depending on the person. Right. I mean, it's, it's based on your relationship with somebody, how you're going to react. But in the end, like Derek Carr did give nearly a decade of his life to being the face of this franchise. And I think everybody, even if there's mixed feelings on, you know, him moving on or whether it's the right decision. I think everybody respects, you know, that time that he's put in and the dedication he's had to this franchise. And I think that's very, very fair. All right. Then what do you think ultimately goes on here? Because I do think there would be some market for him. He'll be one of the quarterbacks out there. If we're reading into it, that he, his time is done here. I think we both agree with that. Uh, as you said before, there's certain things they can do with him. They can try to trade him. They can release him. Uh, some way to get out of this money uh, given who you know also is going to be out there the Jimmy Garoppolo's the Tom Brady's and others what kind of market do you think is going to be out there for Derek Carr it's, it's interesting look I'll, I'll say this and this is this is not hedging but it kind of is in a way if Derek Carr's contract remains what it is I think he'll be released yeah I agree with you I agree with yeah. you if Derek Carr renegotiates, if there's some sort of renegotiation, if there's uh, some sort of, you know, I'm sure the Raiders will let him explore his own trade opportunities because he does have the no trade for for one. Um, if they go out there and renegotiate some sort of deal, uh, then I think that there's more, it could be more open to those possibilities that they could move on. So um, that's something I would watch for sure. Like, I, I don't know that anybody would take on this deal. I don't know that anybody would give up anything to take on this contract. So uh, it's very possible that he could be cut. Uh, before that, you know, three days after the Super Bowl. And, and also keep in mind, like, not to go too deep in the weeds on this, but there is a time period between the, that three days after the Super Bowl and when a trade can actually happen where the Raiders could agree to a trade, have the contract become fully guaranteed, and then have another team back out. Like, right, that could right. happen. So that's a risk you take if you're the Raiders to go into that situation. So you don't want to be a part of that. So I would expect uh, the next step in this process to be the Raiders and Derek Carr working out a deal where you extend that date. I would imagine that you say, all right, look, it's three days after the Super Bowl now. Let's extend it to, say, day one of the new league year. Uh, let's say that's the date. And so that would eliminate some of those potential concerns of having a trade that would fall through and then you get stuck with the contract. Uh, I don't think they want any part of that. So I, I would imagine uh, they they work out a deal and extend the date that they have to make a decision because I don't know that they'd be able to trade him under these terms. Let's play what if here. Um, what if this half all happens and he's gone? I'll give you a name. Uh, a, fun, a fun game here. Who will be the quarterback of the Raiders next year opening game? I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo. Who would you say? I mean, that's where I want to go. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I believe that if Tom Brady plays football in 2023, the Raiders are probably the front runner. Okay. Now, I, I feel like Brady was – I do kind of feel like Brady retires. Like, my, I, I, I don't know – if he's going to want to come back and do this again, maybe he does. Maybe now that he's single, he he looks at it as, hey, I get one more uh, one more season of you know single single Tom Brady and um, all that. Get his first contract without you know uh, uh, paying state taxes here in Nevada. That'd be nice as a single guy now. Um, 
it's possible, but I, I have to feel like the, the most likely thing is for him to retire. But if he comes back, I'd be surprised if it was somewhere besides Las Vegas uh, for one. So I do think Brady is in that mix. Uh, but if you say who's the most likely, I, I think I would probably go Garoppolo. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. You know, Brady's interesting. He has the relationships here with Ziggler and McDaniels. There are reports at the end with McDaniels. It wasn't great. Um, maybe they can kind of smooth over whatever those differences might have been. I, I don't think that's true. I think they're very close. No, I think they're okay. very close. Well, if they're very close, then there's a good chance Las Vegas would be it. I'm just wondering if he's going to play, does he look at all the factors of who could win a Super Bowl? And I don't think either of us agree that um, the Raiders could win a Super Bowl next year. Maybe they could convince him of that. Um, it would be interesting to, for me to see how much money he would demand. Because if you're if you're talking to him in a way of coming here, he'd obviously have to know you'd have to do upgrades at other spots. So it'd be really interesting to me what kind of contract Brady would accept if they're saying, look, we've got to get you offensive linemen. We've got to improve these spots in here. And, you know, where would you go with your money in terms of what he would accept to come here? Yeah, I mean, I think I think those are all those are all fair questions, valid questions, and I think Brady would understand that he's not walking in the door and and immediately making them a contender, especially at forty six years old. It's not going to happen. Uh, they would absolutely need to upgrade the offensive line. I think that would probably be the direction they would look with their with their first pick. Uh, the other question is, if you're bringing Brady in, that can't be your long term plan. No, no, right? and, and, and that was I think that was the issue with with Gruden. When Gruden was here and he had a 10-year contract and he thought he was going to be here for a decade and Tom Brady comes in and says, I'm coming to Las Vegas, I think Gruden's reaction was, okay, that's great. We'd love to have you, but like, I'm here for 10 years and if you're here for two, what am I supposed to do after that? And I think that was his issue of why he didn't want him here. It's not like he said, no, Brady, you suck. I don't want to. It was more, well, what is our long-term plan? If I'm here for a decade, I don't want to just completely rebuild after you're done. So you know, I, I think that they would have to have another plan. So whether that would involve trying to get a quarterback or, you know, angling themselves to, you know, to draft somebody later in the draft, if they have a, a young player that they like a second, potentially third round pick, because I think if you, if you have Brady, your first pick has to be either defense or offensive line. 
uh, if you bring Brady in. And then I'm sure Brady has, you know, it wouldn't just be Tom Brady, it'd be Brady and friends. Like he'd bring the whole circus to town in terms of some of the, some of the older guys that are trying to chase a ring, they'd come in. So it, the, the franchise would look different if he was here for sure. But I think Tom Brady looks at it and says, oh, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Okay, I can work with this group, especially if Josh Jacobs is back in the mix, which I think it's more possible now. Uh, I do think he might be one of the targets that they try to keep around. Um, if you look around and say those are the skill players, all right, give me a couple more offensive linemen and a couple of guys on defense, and I think I can win here. And I think that's probably the way Brady's thinking. I want to ask you something else uh, before we get on to uh, what your thoughts are on New Year's Eve. Uh, they benched they benched Carr. Obviously, I don't think they believe they're going to the playoffs. I don't know how much that more they have to see of Jacobs. He's going to uh, uh, probably win the rushing title if he continues to play the next two weeks. You have Crosby. You have others who have been hurt. We already know that Chandler Jones and, and Denzel Perryman are out for the year on IR. How many of these guys would you play these last two weeks? I mean, you, I, I think, you know um, – we had Vic Tafer from the athletic on our show this morning. He made a good point about Jacobs. Like, do you want to get him that rushing title? And we talked to Josh Jacobs yesterday, or excuse me, two days ago, where he said, I'm not about the money right now. I'm, I've got a lot of money. Obviously you want to get paid, but I'm about football. If I'm healthy, I'm going to play. But in the best interest of everything, would you continue to play everyone other than, other than obviously Carr? I mean, I don't know that I'd play Devontae. That's a, that's a, that's what I'd probably, I'd probably tell to sit down, but look, I, there's a couple of factors. First of all, it's not an unlimited roster, right? You don't have 90 guys like you do at college. There still only is 48 guys active. So like, you've got to play most of your guys. Like you can't sit everyone down. Uh, and I mean, I think Josh Jacobs, as you alluded to, um, even if you were to go hit, go to him and say, hey, we want to play some of the younger guys, we're going to sit you down. I don't know that he would stand for it. Like he, he said he couldn't look anybody in the eye as a teammate in the locker room if he decided to sit down and try to protect himself from injury. So, um, I, you know, I feel like he's probably fighting back on that if they did ask him to do it. And the other factor in this is that, hey, if you're going to give Jared Stidham a chance, and I know this is not about giving him a chance, it's about Carr's contract, but right. if you're going to give Jared Stidham a chance and, and either audition for you or for every other team in the league, if that's, you know, the goal here, you can't completely sabotage him and not give him any, anybody to work with. I, I think that's part of it too. Like if you're going to, if you're going to look at him for two games, give, give him a fair shot and give him a real look and, and let's see uh, what he can do with some of those guys. So I, I think all those things are factors in the, whether they'll, you know, sit down a bunch of guys. Now is Josh Jacobs going to get a hundred percent of the carries like he has in some games? Probably not, but I, I don't think that they're going to straight up make guys inactive necessarily, especially like you said, they still are at that 0.9% chance of making it. Yeah, you're right. Mike, I mean, I'll, I'll point I, this out. Let me say this though. Um, I believe the Dolphins game is early. I think the Dolphins game is early on Sunday. So, so it could be Dolphins, over before kickoff. Yeah, if the Dolphins win, then it's over for the Raiders, and maybe that changes their philosophy a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I was, you know, I Devontae's an interesting guy in terms of what he how he would react given uh Carr's not there anymore, Carr's not gonna be playing. Um, I'd be interested to see how Devontae reacted if they told him, let's sit you down and let's like, you know, not, not risk you right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he'd be totally into that either. Um, again, he has like, like, you know, he hasn't been shy about, you know, what he wants to accomplish in his career. 
And so I think every every opportunity he has to compete and put up numbers. I think that's part of it. I, I think he would be into that. And that's not a selfish thing. That's that's you know he is he's not competing against anybody but history at this point. He's the best receiver of this era. So um, it, it's understandable that he's chasing you know historical marks and not necessarily anything else. All right. So you don't like Christmas. How did your Christmas go? Uh, work. You feel, did you feel pressure? Did you feel pressure to get anyone gifts? Did you go anywhere where you felt pressure? You had pressure. You had to bring something. Yeah, I, well, I'll say this: uh, me and one of our uh, our colleagues uh, hung out with uh, the family of another one of our colleagues, and uh, so I'll just say, me and uh, and our friend Sam Gordon uh, visited the uh, the Cassie Soto clan over at the, at her her family's uh, residence, and uh, I was like, oh, I'll bring a nice bottle of uh, of, of alcohol for everybody to share, or whatever. I, I brought something by, but he brought a card. I'm like, what are you doing, man? A card? Did it have anything in it? No, he just brought. A, I mean, he brought. He brought. He brought beverages too, but he brought a card. And I said, that, "Now you're showing me up. What are we doing?" <laughs> uh, I think. I think you got off well. I think you got off well if you brought over some alcohol. Yeah, I think that that was right. But they had. I didn't like that part of it. And then I got a couple of a couple of gifts, which always annoy me, of course. And now I gotta try to figure out what to do about that. Wait, people gave you gifts? Yeah, a couple. A couple of them. Oh, that's a nightmare for you. I hate it because now it's just been driving me nuts for the last couple of days. Like, what do you do? How do you how do you return the favor? Yeah, and also, man, these social these social situations just kill me. But, um, I uh, I, I don't like I I I, t- I spoke before on the on this podcast, I believe about um, I have a a philosophy that's not it's not really a philosophy more than something that I learned. You know, I went through obviously a very, uh, an awful, uh, tragedy in my family, you know, several years ago. And one of the things that I noticed is for like 24 to 48 hours, it, you're just inundated with calls and texts and messages. Right. Right. And then they right. stop, right. They, they stop like, cause, cause people are like, Oh, I reached out and I'm just going to leave them time or whatever. And it's not an intentional thing people do. It's just more, Hey, I want to be, you know, I want to reach out right away. And then all of a sudden, then now you feel alone after the 48 hours or so, because now everybody stopped messaging you and it kind of sucks. So when really bad things happen, um, I tend to wait like five days. Okay. And I do, I do okay. it on purpose. I do it on purpose because I, I feel like, oh, look, when these calls start dying down, now I'm going to be the one to reach out. Right, right. But it, it's backfired. We talked about it. Somebody that we know uh, lost their job. And, and I, you know, same thing. I waited, I waited, you know, the five days and I was going to reach out. And then I heard back, oh, what a jerk. You didn't reach out. And I was like, okay, I, I do this on purpose, trying to be sensitive and nice about it. So what are we doing here? So I had a, I actually had a, a family, a family death this weekend and over Christmas, which very unfortunate. It was terrible and untimely and, and unexpected. And I did the same thing. I, w- I was going to wait three days to do the same thing. And then I, I got feedback of, hey, you're a jerk. You're a jerk. You didn't even say anything. I was like, I'm trying to be nice about this. No who's one's ever, keeping, no one's heard from you yet. Who's keeping a checklist of who's called and who hasn't? Worry about the, the grieving process. Yeah. Oh, it, just, it drives me nuts. But that's that's the kind of things I deal with, is that I try to be thoughtful about things, and it turns out I'm not being thoughtful. I'm being a jerk. Boy, the life you live. It's it's very it's very complicated, by the way. Well, everybody it's thinks a, it's like a everybody thinks it's like a bit that I do or something. Like, no, this is in my entire life is just a struggle to figure out what you're supposed to do. Well, what do you do on New Year's Eve usually? Nothing. 
I mean, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll go out and maybe do something. I don't. I, here's a. Do you, go, you, do really, you go near this? Do you go near the strip? Oh, I do, but I usually go. I usually go around four a.m. Okay, so you wait till the festivities have passed. Yeah, I love like the like the aftermath of just you see some people passed out, some people stumbling around. You see just trash everywhere. The cleanup process has begun, but it's just a total mess. I love that. I'm very interested in it. But I'll 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 go to this because you're not going to be surprised by this at all. Uh, I just don't believe in the concept of time. Okay, here we go. Here so we go. I'm, Time is just a made-up construct. Like, we just assign times to things. It's not a real thing. So New Year's Eve is just like, oh, it's midnight. We're going to celebrate this arbitrary moment. Like, it's not. We just made up a calendar. We made up clocks. You can't just decide, like, this is when the New Year t- New Year starts. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, I... I, I... I'm with you. I do not travel on the strip at 4 a.m., but I do stay in and I do nothing. And I have a daughter who's going to go down there this year. Hopefully, maybe you can see her because I'm worried about it. And I'm worried about her being down there with her friend. I'll be down there. Yeah, they'll be they're going to go to see a concert that the this uh, this group won't even get on probably till 2 a.m., which is uh, driving us nuts. We're 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 a little nervous. I don't know if we should be, but we're a little nervous. And she's 21. Is it on the strip or is it downtown? Uh, I believe it's on the strip. Okay. Well, I mean, so I'm covering the Golden Knights game New Year's Eve, and so I think I'm just going to be stuck on the strip until at least three or four. So I'll be around. I can, I can, uh, I can look over and watch over okay. and make sure everything's safe. All right. I, I'd appreciate that. I'll let you know where she's going to be and what the what, uh, concert is. I'm trying to think of the band. I'm sure you have uh, no idea who they are. I have no well, no, no, that's untrue because I've heard her talk about them. Okay. But I don't I don't know much about them. But the last time she saw them, it was in Vegas. They didn't come on till midnight, and I'm guessing they won't come on at midnight this time, uh, with New Year's Eve that they'll come on even later. So uh I'll clue you in on where she's gonna be. The good news is Ed, now that I've been, I've now that I've informed you, like there's no such thing as time. It doesn't exist. So it doesn't matter when they come on. <laughs> it doesn't matter when they come on? No. Yeah. I just hope she's safe. I hope everyone's safe out there for 2023. Any lasting thoughts on 2022, even though you don't like time? Um, yeah, it was just a random a random set of days, I suppose. <laughs> uh, no, I think, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I don't believe in like, you know, <laughs> New Year, New Year's resolutions, that sort of thing. Those are all dumb. But uh, no, I think, uh, you know, we started to get back to normalcy and it's good and we're moving forward. And I think the lasting impression of 2023 for, or 2022 from the Raiders perspective would be, you know, back to the playoffs, but it didn't go well. And then uh, starting a new era and ending, ending the Derek Carr, all those things and turning the page there. Uh, the most wild play uh, that we've seen in a long, long time in football happened this year in 2022. And um, from the city of Las Vegas perspective, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we got things like a Formula One race and the Super Bowl announced this year. And mm-hmm. uh, everything that gets announced ever in the sports world should probably be coming here for the next 30, 40 years. And a Final Four in 2028. Exactly. Sounds good, man. I know you hate it, but Happy New Year and Happy New Year to Larry as well. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, SC and Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire, along with Liquid Death. Remember now, there are episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. 
Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com for our producer, Larry Meir, my co-host, Adam Hill. Happy New Year. Good luck in 2023. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.